0: I was, it was in a dark place because, you know, I kind of felt like all of a sudden when I fell and my neck was broken, you know, six months later, now I know I'm okay. But when I fell back then they didn't know the prognosis, um, in terms of how long it would take to recover. So I kind of didn't know, like, am I going to be able to go back to nursing school you know, what does life look like now? How am I gonna make money? How am I gonna, um, you know, help people? Cause you know, that, that's something that's so important to me. So, you know, I, I had this plan and it just fell apart.
1: Hey, welcome back to Normalize the Conversation. Today, I'm here with Emma Aders, founder of End the Silent Epidemic, a youth suicide prevention campaign providing original mental health educational content, suicide prevention activism initiatives, and resources for mental wellness. To learn more about End the Silent Epidemic, visit their website, www.endthesilentepidemic.org. Emma, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you really?
0: Well, Fran... I, I just want to start by saying that this being here is such an honor um, your campaign actually is it's very much um, something that I want to emulate it's it's kind of served as a um, definitely an inspiration and, and quite honestly I've looked at it as I've built my campaign you know um, I'll get to this but I only started back in January it's it's really only been six months and and um, when I I started, again, I'll get a little more into this, but it it wasn't at all something I planned to turn into something like a a full-blown campaign. So as it's developed, um, your campaign has actually been so important to me in terms of kind of looking at to like, you know, next steps to take and how to kind of expand to become something that is actually helping people and not like Um, that's actually addressing the issue. So being here means the world to me and you personally as as a mental health warrior, a mental health advocate are someone I look up to. So thanks for having me. And um, I'm just so excited to be here.
1: Emma, you are so sweet. Thank you so much. I just, I don't have words. Um, (laughs) That was so sweet. I love that inspiring my generation can be some kind of inspiration for you. And I love what you're doing what your goal is, the work that you are starting and the campaigns and initiatives that you have created in such a short time. You are going to help so many people and I'm just honored to get to be an audience, part of the audience watching you grow and bloom. Uh, That
0: means everything. Um, Hearing that from you is just like, ah, you know, but um, I... I hope that is true. You know, it's so my goal when I started this out, I guess, should I start kind of maybe just where I started? from? Yeah. Is that okay? Is that's that okay hard. with you? So, um, you know, it's, it's so funny when you say I'm going to help so many people because um, I hope that is true. But one of the things that's so awesome is that my goal when I started this was that if I help, not even save the life of just help one person, to me, that genuinely feels like I, everything I've done is worthwhile, right? Because to me, each human life is worth so much. So one human life, if I can make a difference in one human life, to me, that's worth all the effort in the world. So, you know, the idea of helping a lot of people is just like, that's would be a dream come true. But helping, you know, and anyone that I touch with this campaign, it, It it just means the world, and um,
1: yeah. So (laughs) it's so true that every single life you help is you're changing someone's world, and that's an honor. And I am so proud of you and your goals. But I'd really love to learn, like, what inspired you to start and the silent epidemic.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it's so interesting. So, I have come to be a very strong believer in, in the term, everything happens for a reason. And I know people sometimes say that as a throwaway, like, Oh, everything happens for a reason. And they say it and try and like, kind of make you like when something tough happens and they kind of, it sometimes can feel like a blow off. So um, when I say it, I've come to learn that because um, one of the, the, I think the second part of that sentence is that everything happens for a reason, but you might not know the reason for a really long time. And that's so important to remember because, um, a lot of the things that have happened in my life that were so difficult. Um, I now understand they happened because I was meant to found an asylum epidemic and I was meant to fight for mental health and suicide. And, um, that's the reason, you know, because, you know, while it doesn't erase the bad things that happened to me and it doesn't suddenly mean that those things weren't terrible and hard, um, it gives them great meaning and um, a new lens to look at the, it through. And it allows me to to feel like, well, I'm, you know, while, while I don't look back and, and think, wow, I wish that could happen again, I. Certainly, feel like I understand why that happened, and I'm going to turn it into something good. So, um, to be more specific, um, one of those things was that in January, um, I was in I've been enrolled in nursing school. It's um it's actually my second degree. So my first degree was from Boston University in psychology. So I've been um, very, very interested in mental health. I'm, 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 I am 30. So my first degree I got uh, right out of high school. I, I went to BU at 18, um, got my psychology degree. So, you know, that's how long I've been interested in mental health, you know, very long time. Um, but uh, I, long story short, I was um, in a, an accident. I, I wanted to be a doctor. Um, and graduated and got admitted to medical school. But um, unfortunately I was in an accident um, and because the recovery took so long, um, it, I decided instead of um, becoming a doctor, I would become a nurse because it's just a slightly lo- less, um, it doesn't take as long. And I kind of wanted to get to the part where I was actually helping people because by the time I recovered, um, I was, I was 20, 26. And I wanted to kind of get to the part where I was actually out, you know, doing the, the work. Um, so I enrolled in nursing school and, um, I started nursing school about a year and a half, two years ago. Um, and in January I was on Christmas break and I, I only had three months left before I was um, supposed to graduate. Um, and I fell in, I broke my neck in two places. So, um, this is one of those examples of like, when I say everything happens for a reason, um, at the time, if someone had said that to me, I would have been like, that's not what I want to hear right now. (laughs) Um, Because it was hard. It was a tough break, I um, I had three months left and I felt, you know, I was so close. And um, because, uh, nursing is so physical. Um, you, uh, I couldn't, you, um, I, I, I could not return. I had to take a leave of absence. It wasn't a, a choice. Um, and I'm the, obviously I would like to say I'm so lucky. It's, it's been six months and I'm obviously doing very well, all things considered. Um, so I, I'm so lucky and happy about that. But, um, how this relates to the silent epidemic is, is two part, which is that um, I was, it was in a dark place because, you know, I kind of felt like all of a sudden when I fell and my neck was broken, you know, six months later, now I know I'm okay. But when I fell back then, they didn't know the prognosis um, in terms of how long it would take to recover. So I kind of didn't know, like, am I going to be able to go back to nursing school? You know, what does life look like now? How am I going to make money? How am I going to, um, you know, help people? Cause you know, that's something that's so important to me. So, you know, I I had this plan and it just fell apart. Right. So, um, I've had that happen before in my life. Um, the same, the same thing kind of happened with medical school. And when that happened before, you know, it, it took me down and it took me to a rough place so I I really thought I said you know I can kind of go one of two ways here I can you know kind of fall apart or what's something else I could do and I woke up you know a couple of days later and my I was all braced up with my neck and I was like you know what let me I always feel best when I help other people. That's just something that makes me feel better. And I'm not saying that because I'm like trying to be like, oh, I'm such a good person. It's just genuinely, um, sometimes when you stop thinking about yourself and just kind of take time and, and look outside yourself, it it can just be, um, it can be a good way to kind of get some relief. It really can, you know, if you're, especially if you're having a hard time. So that was kind of where I started within the silent epidemic and I had no expectations. I just, um, you know, I was like, I think I, I just wanna start a, like a community and an Instagram handle where I just put positivity out into the world, um, where I, you know, just am authentic about my journey, where I um, hopefully can just, you know, help other people, feel like you know if they're struggling that I'm there so th- that's it, where it started that simple I, that was my first goal
1: that is wow so first of all I am so sorry that you fell and broke your neck and that was so recent so I am first of all wow you're doing so well and lucky, okay, yeah and with during that time I mean that, I imagine, that has to be so painful. And t- during that time, to, in the middle of all that pain and all that disappointment, you were like, let me start something to help other people. That is an incredible pain-to-purpose story, and that just shows how amazing and genuine and authentic of a person you are and how much room you have to make a difference. You are going to make such a difference. And with the silent epidemic, one thing that I really love about it is first of all, the name because silence is where we live in mental health. Silence is a killer. And I don't think people realize that by not talking about it, we are teaching people to suppress everything and hold it inside of them and to feel ashamed of it and to feel guilty. So that they can't reach out for support if they reach out they're weak so by ending the silence i think that is such a key way to reduce our suicide rates so now that we know a little bit more about why you started this campaign what are some of the current initiatives that you are running
0: absolutely well so thank you for pointing that out and that's one of the things one of the reasons your campaign meant so much to me is because um, like you, you know, that's such a huge part of, of your campaign is, is, um, ending, ending the stigma. I I feel like that's kind of like a, a, simplified version of what you just said. It's, it's much more than that, but, um, that's such a strong part of your campaign. And, um, one of the parts of your campaign that I just really, uh, inspires me. And, um, I find that also to be one of the most important things that we have to do if, if we consider ourselves mental health advocates. Um, so thank you for pointing that out and and please know that uh, a lot of my inspiration for understanding the importance of that and having the courage to do that has been from the fact that your your campaign and campaigns like yours have have done that first so um, uh, so current initiatives, so um, this is, you know, I get so excited because, you know, people often ask, they're like, you know, isn't isn't it so depressing to, you know, work, do, talk, or, you know, be spending all your time researching and talking about and working with youth suicide. And I find it actually quite the opposite because first of all, um, the mental health community is i in my opinion people are not people are authentic that's what i find is that people are authentic people are not just constantly people may they might be depressed or they might be happy it's you know it's not if you look at your timeline it's not just people writing you know just constant sad poetry, although sometimes you might see a sad poem, it's just that people are being emotionally authentic. And that is so refreshing and so rare. And um, so I don't, I find the community to to actually be very uplifting. And I find it to be a place where people, um, you know, really, they It's not. It's not competitive. People are always trying to lift each other up, you know. Whereas in other industries, it's like, you know, like you and I, right? Like we have um, similar campaigns, and if in other industries we might be like competing and trying to like, you know, um, whatever. But you know, it's like we're you're bringing me on your show and trying to make my campaign get some um, attention because at the end of the day, we just want to help more people. Um, so I'm sorry, I know this isn't exactly what you asked, but it, it just brought me um, to, you know, I just, I love that about the mental health community, how, how, how positive it can be and how, um, how people really try and uplift each other and how, how much people kind of try and collaborate and work together but to get back to your question, um, some specific um, initiatives so um, the one I'm really excited about and I would love it. It's it's not getting a lot of attention right now, which makes total sense because I only you know we only started it in January. Um, and but um, I, I just I feel like it has so much potential. So I want it to catch on, and I hope it will catch on. Um, so maybe in February, the CEO of this app called the Love Bomb app, um. So he sent me a video message through the Love Bomb app. Um, you don't have to have the app to receive a message because um, so you can send a text, a video, or um, uh, what's it called? It like a voice recording. Um, and if if you send it through the app, you can send it to someone's you know text inbox, email, um, Instagram DM, and it'll arrive as if it were just you know coming like a normal text or whatever um so in my inbox I got a video message from um this this man and um it was like a 30 second video where he essentially just said you know thank you so much for what you're doing for um you know young young people and um and, you know the work you're doing for kindness and authenticity and it just it meant so much to me and um you know, when I, when I looked him up and I looked up the app, um, it was, I was kind of blown away because, so he's a former Showtime executive and, you know, he, um, he was the CEO. So I was like, wow, you know, usually you think of like an intern or someone sending something like that. I'd, I'd never thought it would have been like the the actual founder of the app. So um, I, I, I downloaded the app and I started using it myself. It's, um, its original purpose is it's um, a kindness and connection app. Um, he uh, Mark, who's the founder of the app, he left his his career um, in in at, at Showtime um, and founded this this app with his own money during COVID because his the point of it was um, fi- finding connection in an age where we're becoming less and less connected, right? Um, so the point of Love Bomb is, uh, so it's kind of evolved because we've partnered up, but the original purpose of it was, um, to send messages of kindness, um, once a day or as as often as you can, um, to the people you love. And it just, um, it makes it easier by, um, you know, there, it, it make there are graphics in there. There are prompts, like, for example, it might say like, um, what's your favorite memory with Fran? Or um, So it just kind of gives you ideas um, to help you um, start conversations and, and send specific things to your friends and loved ones to just make them know that you're thinking about them and make them feel cared about. So I just kind of, I was using the app and I just, I, I thought to myself, you know, if this were tweaked just a little bit, um, it could be such an amazing uh, kind of suicide prevention tool. Um, and I, you know, I was like, this isn't gonna happen in my wildest dreams. But I was like, you know what, whatever, I'll DM him. So I DM him. And I just said, you know, I have this idea. And I know it's totally out there. But, um, you know, I just thought I'd say it. And he got back to me. And, um, you know, on, you know, I, I couldn't believe it, but he he wanted to do it, and he loved it. Um, he felt like it was so in line with kind of the um, you know the basis of what the app is about. And um, so, to kind of you know, I I, I would love it if um, you would visit the website because um, what we what we try and do is is um, we've laid it out in just four steps. Like if you li- log on to the website. Um, you can you can literally sign up and, and become part of it in like one or two minutes because it's so easy. Um, so the way it works and we, we're gonna try and, um, it, essentially we wanna develop the app out even more to make it even, um, to have even more suicide prevention aspects. But right now um, it's very simple. You just download the app, it's free. It's just Love Bomb app. Um, and then the idea is is that every friday we release a, spe- a graphic that is specific to kind of um uh, it's specific to making someone feel um like they're valued and cared about and loved and um the, we call it friends for life friday and um every friday um we ask that you choose just one person the same person um, and every Friday, you send them that graphic, or it doesn't have to be that graphic, but um, that graphic and a personalized message, or just a message, a, a voice recording, whatever you want. And of course, we love it if you use Bond, But frankly, you can, it doesn't have to be through Love Bomb. Um The idea is really just we're trying to um, get this idea of regular mental health check-ins by friends on friends, because um of two really important statistics which is first um 67% of youth tell another youth about any suicidal ideations before they um met, before they seek help from an adult and then the second piece where the idea came from is that um research has definitely shown and, and this is especially true in youth that um that People are much more likely to open up if if they are asked than if they have to seek help. Um, and if if it's a regular thing, especially it gets back to that thing we were talking about, about stigma, where if if we're regularly talking about mental health every week and making it kind of cool by like sending cool graphics and having it be through like a cool app and posting it to social media. Um, It just it takes the stigma away from it and almost makes it like this cool thing that like, oh, do you have love bomb like have you sent your check in this week, you know, and it, it stops being this stigmatized thing and starts being this thing like, it's cool to check in on your friends and make sure they're okay, you know, so sorry that was kind of I went into detail but I'm just so excited about it.
1: I absolutely love that initiative. First of all those two statistics. Wow. And it's so true. Kids especially are more likely to open up to their peers than they are to an adult, because it's scary to open up to an adult. And you don't know how they're going to react. And there's a lot of pressure that comes with adults, because they expect you to do so well and be this person, and you don't want to let them down. And sometimes you don't have the words to express yourself. But with your peers, it's easier because you feel like they really know you and understand you. So if we could help kids open up to each other and teach them how to ask each other, how are you, how to check in with each other is so, so important. And I love that you have partnered with the Love Bomb app to really help make that possible.
0: Thank you. That means so much. And I I couldn't agree more. And, you know, um, one of the things I've tried to do, um, I'm really grateful Um, I have, so I, I want to make sure I mention I have um, three teammates, which is so cool that just since January, I already have three people who have joined and, and are spending, you know, volunteering their time to be part of this. Um, And one of the, the earliest person to join was this 16 year old named Ava, um, 16 years old. And, and she's like such a mental health warrior. I just adore her. And um, I, I really, you know, yes, I'm a youth because I'm, I'm 30. So um, I, you know, when I I say youth, because the, the statistic, um, you know, one thing I really wanted to mention was that the other, um, you know, when, when you said what started and the silent epidemic. So it was definitely the thing I mentioned earlier. But the other thing is um, the semester before I broke my neck, when I was in nursing school, I happened to be taking mental health nursing. And Um, I heard the statistic early on into the semester that um, suicide is now the second um, uh, leading cause of death in uh, youth 10 to 34. And there has not been a single day since I learned that statistic that I haven't thought about it. Um, And I would say that that was probably the day that um, I realized that this had to be what my life was about um I don't know why I mean I do know why if it's such a disturbing statistic um but that was that was a, a monumental day when I learned that because I just I couldn't get it out of my head and I just once I learned that I just when I when I thought and and the the, the part that so the the only thing that is um uh, causes more deaths is um uh, motor vehicle accidents so that means that there isn't a, a single physical disease that causes death um, that causes more deaths than suicide in in our youth so when I learned that i that was that was it for me. I was like this is what my life is going to be about so so um one thing that's been so so that statistic so. Like I said, that the statistic is 10 to 34. So as a 30 year old, I do fall into that. But um, one thing I've tried to do is since the beginning, um, I I talk to, I try to talk to Ava. Like we actually talk almost every day because I want to get like the perspective of someone who is, you know, really like because you know she's almost she's 15 years younger than me. So you know, even though. I am a youth. Like we have very different um, challenges, right? So, um, I, as, as I've built this campaign, I've tried to make sure that um, I run everything by her. And so that what you just brought up about how um, how hard it is for young people to bring up mental health to the to parents or or the adults um, that that is something that is just so. Um, ubiquitous and true that, that I've that that I've seen from you know Ava brought has brought it up and then I've seen it ref, reflected back in conversations um, on Instagram and stuff like that is you know people people really struggle having feeling like their parents support them and obviously not everyone there are people who have great parents when it comes to mental health but it's actually interesting um, when so one of the main things that um, and the silent epidemic does that I'm really proud of is we put out educational reels. Um, we try and do it. We, we do it right now. We're doing three weeks out of every month. So almost every week. Um, and um, when when we we asked what the first one should be about the it was like unanimously, almost people wanted it to be about um, getting their parents. Kind of on board. So, getting parents educated about what the issue is, learning about the importance of destigmatizing the home, um, and just kind of, you know, if if um, we did a specific one, if you look on the website, essentially making your parent into a mental health advocate. You know, having your 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 parent on really be your own cheerleader and advocate for mental health instead of being someone who you're afraid to go to and, and afraid is actually going to maybe make it worse, you know? Yes. So.
1: It is so true that parents need to be educated and it's not because they don't want to know better. It's not because they want to be invalidating or not have a safe space. It's because they weren't taught. They grew up in the wor- a world where the stigma was even worse than it is now. So it's so important that while we continue to work on helping the youth, we help them by also helping their parents learn how to create that safe space because we can get it into school systems. We can have these conversations on social media. But when a kid goes home, if they still don't have that safe space, we're still missing a very, very important piece because your parents are two of the most influential people in your life.
0: I just, oh my gosh, I couldn't agree more, Fran. I, I just think that that, I just couldn't think. I think that is such an important factor, and um, it, it actually brings me um, so that that particular reel that I just mentioned, um, you can sign up for updates on on the website, but because of that issue, um, I set up a specific um, sign up so that you can input your parents email address and we'll send them just that specific reel so if you go to end the silent epidemic and just go to original content um um, and it's under something so uh, let me i'll just quickly say i mentioned that there are um three teammates that i have so the other two so ava is um she's our head of youth content and um we have been trying. It's not every single week, but we do host these lives called uh, Youth Perspective, where she um, sits down with one of her um, peers, so one of her uh, fellow classmates, so someone else who's a high schooler essentially, and and they talk talk about a topic in mental health. And it's it's like I said, it's a way to keep an asylum epidemic grounded in actual youth perspectives, right? Um, but the other two teammates that I have are. Um, they, um, so I mentioned that we release three reels a month. So I write one, and then um, my other two teammates each write one. So one of my teammates, her name um, is Nancy Cowan, and she's actually a therapist with 30 years of experience. So I feel so lucky to have her. We call her the campaign therapist. um, And she writes um, a reel called Mental Health in Real Life. And it's kind of, so this is a statistic that just, uh, I just makes me angry to be honest. Eighty um, percent of youth with a mental health, with a diagnosable mental health issue, go without proper mental health treatment. So, um, you know, that's something that we plan to have our advocacy focused on in the future. Um, but since that's obviously going to be a, a long-term fight, um, you know. One of our solutions in in the short term is to provide education, and specifically, her reels are, and you know, let me make it clear. Obviously, there's no um, substitute for real therapy. Like, we're not saying, oh, if you read these, like, you don't have to get a therapist. Absolutely not. But um, because so many people can't afford therapy, or can't find a therapist, or can't get a car to go to therapy, whatever the you know, whatever the barrier is. Um, she produces a reel each, each month um, that is kind of the clinical perspective. So for example, this month it was, is, do I have anxiety or am I just worrying that that's not the exact title, but so it essentially, it it deals with, you know, issues that you would, that you wish you could ask a a therapist, you know? Um, And like I said, she has 30 years of experience specifically with youth. So we're really lucky to have her um you uh you could and all, by the way all of this is 100 percent free um and all of it's on- online and on instagram so wherever it's easiest for you to find it we just we just we feel like that's our um contribution to the global mental health community is to take this kind of comp uh, more complex issues and and um you know one of the unique aspects is we, is we take these complex things and we break them down into approximately 10 slides. Um, And so that, you know, it's something that young people, you know, I I feel like young people um, don't necessarily wanna like sit down and read a long, you know, 15 page peer reviewed article, right? But if it's just like a 10 slide Instagram reel, we can get life-saving information across that while well, they're just scrolling through Instagram. So, um, so that that's something that um, that I really feel proud that we offer. And and finally, I just want to mention um, um, our third uh, member. She, she runs uh, Mental Health Ohio. So um, that's her own activism campaign. Definitely check that out. And um, she she. Um, writes her own section called welcome to class she's a high school teacher so she kind of writes um from the perspective of like how to deal with kind of like you know how you mentioned that sometimes parents make it harder and and one of the ways they do that is kind of like the pressure of like you have to do so well in school and so she she tackles things like the balance of school uh, of like life and or or, um like mental health in school and so that's kind of her um her area um, so anyway so that that that's that's all available totally free um, and I hope I hope you guys will take advantage of that because um, uh, I I think you know it, it it offers some some real resources that um, give, give you perspective and and we always at the end of them we uh, like Nancy always lists for instance like
1: resources
0: places you can go to get help um, so <laughs>
1: I absolutely love all of that, especially having that information available on social media. Kids are on social media all day, every day. Unfortunately, we're never going to get to a world where kids are like, yeah, social media is not important because that's how you stay connected. They're growing up in a world where you're connected via screen, which has so many amazing, amazing benefits and so many cons but with all those benefits if we're providing that information out there and we're making it easy for them to access in a way that they want to receive it that is where we can make a real difference Emma the work that you are doing is absolutely incredible and I am so honored to have had you as a guest thank you so much for joining me today oh Fran this
0: this has been just such an honor thank you for letting me talk and, and have a chance to talk about our initiatives and what we're working on and. Um, Please just just know what an inspiration you've been to me, and um, you know, I I just wanted to take a minute to thank everyone who's part of our community because um, you know, I don't think of this as like my achievement. I think of this as our achievement. Like we're where we are. We're a movement, and that's what I I hope we you know really become a movement because that's how we're going to help people. So thank you to everyone who's followed and anyone who is part of it, and and thank you for having me because you know, my hope is that if people watch this, that, you know, it'll reach that many more people that can get get some help and maybe download Love Mom and check in on someone or, you know, get, get, you know, read about, um, you know, education or get a resource.
1: So thank you so much, Fran.